And on the line with us right now is Miranda Devine. She is a New York Post columnist. She has a great book out, Laptop from Hell, that really blew it up on the New York Times bestselling list, right? And you're always doing some incredible investigative work, Miranda Devine. Uh, What do you have uh, latest that you can tell us about? Oh, thanks so much, Lydia. Always great to talk to you. Uh, well, look, what I've been working on most recently is, again, um, this uh, FBI cover-up security apparatus uh, collusion with the Biden administration and big tech to censor um, the thoughts and the ideas and the, the speech of Americans, the protected speech of Americans. There was a terrific article in The Intercept earlier this week at which outlined Uh, a lot more. You know, every sort of week we seem to be getting more pieces of the jigsaw puzzle which show us just how pervasive this censorship regime has been. And I think it'll be one of the most important things that the Republicans can do when it looks as if they will take back the House and possibly the Senate next week uh, will be to get to the bottom of this censorship regime and the corruption that we've seen in the FBI. Now, House Republicans released a new report on uh, they, on Friday detailing whistleblower allegations of FBI misconduct and politicalization at the highest levels of the Department of Justice. One of the lines basically says that the FBI is broken and, quote, the problem lies not with the majority of frontline agents who serve our country, but with the FBI's politicized bureaucracy. Is that what you're finding in your investigative reporting? Absolutely. And look, I think this information that the Republicans have put into this 1,000 plus page report is uh, comes from the dozens now of informants that have come forward, these whistleblowers, um, at great risk to themselves. We've already, uh, you know, I interviewed Stephen Friend uh, at the FBI who actually came forward and gave his identity um, and, you know, has been very courageous. He, He and his wife have both suffered uh, adverse effects after that, which I can't really go into, but it's pretty shocking what's happened to them. Um, But thanks to these courageous whistleblowers, we now know um, the rot inside the FBI and that it comes from, particularly from the Washington uh, field office, and it involved the censorship of not just the laptop, but also of um, the information that Tony Bobolinsky brought forward. He was one of Hunter Biden's former business partners. Uh, and also um, on the way that they've handled the January 6th investigation, which is, you know, for some perplexing reason, the largest investigation that the FBI has ever done in its history. And uh, many of these whistleblowers are just disgusted at the politicization of the Bureau uh, to go after enemies of, well, not enemies, even just the people that the administration feels are their enemies, just their political opponents. Miranda Devine, we just learned that Paul Pelosi has been released from the hospital. He made a remarkable recovery. What was so galling to me is not even just the attack, which obviously everyone on both sides of the aisle should absolutely condemn what happened to him. But the fact that the media tried to spin it, Hillary Clinton, Gavin Newsom, all these top Democrats tried to spin it that this guy was an ultra MAGA. And then once again, they're bringing up January 6th, once again saying that ultra MAGA is the greatest threat now facing our democracy. When at the end of the day, this guy, De Pepe, the guy that attacked Paul Pelosi, was clearly mentally deranged. And, and that, that was at the core of his problems. 
What are you hearing about the latest on the Pelosi attack? And what do you think about the whole media slant and, and bias when it came to it? And also the fact that Kavanaugh, I, I think I read one article, got the Pelosi attack got 11 times the more coverage than the Kavanaugh attack. Yeah. I mean, you know, yeah. here we are. I'll bet you that there are plenty of New York Times readers or NBC viewers who had no idea that a man flew across the country from California to um, Washington, D.C. or Maryland, where Justice Kavanaugh lives, um, armed with all sorts of weapons, including a Glock pistol and, um, and special boots that he'd modified so that they were, had padded soles so they didn't make a noise when he was creeping around the house at night. Um, he was um, arrested outside the Kavanaugh house at two in the morning and he aimed to kill, to capture, kidnap um, Justice Kavanaugh over the abortion decision of the Supreme Court. You know, that that was such a uh, dangerous attack on the Supreme Court, not just on Justice Kavanaugh, but on one of our major institutions. And yet... The DOJ did nothing about stopping these feral protesters that still to this day are harassing justices outside their homes. And that is against the law. They're actually not allowed to do that. And uh, yet the DOJ has turned a blind eye because it suits them politically because they are utterly politicised. As for Paul Pelosi, look, I agree with everything you said. It was disgusting the way that the Democrats tried to politicize that. And I think they did it because they were worried that here was this this guy who's a homeless, you know, drug addicted, um, mentally deranged, uh, illegal migrant. And the house Uh, he was living in, well, he was living in an RV outside of the house. They had BLM, rainbow flags. He was a member of the Green Party. And his own ex-wife, who, by the way, is in prison for trying to kidnap a 14-year-old, Said that he shared the pedophile. same progressive, yeah, yeah, pedophile shared the same progressive views as she did. So if he's if he's anything politically, but he doesn't seem like he's in his right mind. He's probably to the far, far, far left, and yet here we are. They're trying to make him ultra MAGA. And where is all of the evidence that supposedly the Washington Post and New York Times had painting him as an ultra MAGA? You can't even find it anywhere. So you just wonder, did they no. just make, did they just get this off of Reddit and they didn't verify the information? Yeah. Probably, because when it comes to any material that is damaging to conservatives and that helps the left, those publications are so far gone that they will turn, they will just switch off their normal journalistic skepticism uh, when it comes to the damaging material for the right and, um, uh, you know, and just accept anything. And if there's any negatives about the left, like, for instance, the Hunter Biden laptop, oh, no, they couldn't possibly. They're just too journalistically pure to investigate that. Um, They are complete hypocrites and they've sold their souls. Uh, to become political, you know, journalism is supposed to be truth to power. These people prop up those in power who are in their favour. Um, so it's a terrible, I think that's part of the reason the country is in the state it's in and we're so polarised because the fourth estate, um, which had an important role to uh, to make sure that those in power did the right thing, um, they now are part of the problem. And so when Paul Pelosi, I, I, I just think, It wasn't political at all. It's a crime story. It's a story. I mean, we had a woman in New York 
who was just raped by a homeless guy with, you know, a rap sheet as long as your arm. It's a crime issue and they were worried I think when the Pelosi thing happened, that it would be reported as that, that, oh, now crime in San Francisco is so bad that it's even come to Nancy Pelosi's own house. Well, so they spun it to turn it into ultra MAGA, which was a complete lie. They were thinking that they could turn it into an October surprise. It didn't work. It fell flat. So now they want everyone to forget about the story. And the problem was what they did was they brought more attention to the story and it is a very peculiar story from start to finish. And um, and there, there's so much control over any normal information that you get from an investigation like this. We're not getting from the Paul Pelosi investigation. And there are mixed stories. I mean, always in these stories that the initial information that comes out is conflicting and messy. But usually what happens is the police and the authorities bring out more information so it becomes clear what the truth is. With this one, there's so much control over the information because I'm sure Nancy Pelosi uses her power to intimidate authorities. So they're just doing whatever she tells them to do and handing out the information that they want her to, that she wants them to. And it just makes things worse. It would be much better just to become clean, show us the video, Poor Paul Pelosi was a victim. He's 82 years old, does not deserve... I mean, he spent a week in hospital. It was a serious issue. So let's hope for a full recovery for him. And it's a pity for him that he had to be dragged into some political uh, you know, nightmare uh, because of, of how this story was spun by the Democrats. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Miranda Devine. And to that point with the crime issue, you rallying for Democrat Kathy Hochul for governor right here in New York. Hillary Clinton also doubled down on the fact that the Republicans are raising crime as an issue. She didn't go so far as to call it a conspiracy theory or say that the Republicans were master manipulators. But she did say, quote, that the Republicans are using this as a tactic to keep you scared so you can't think straight and you end up voting against your interests. So just to your point where you said they didn't want to acknowledge that this was an actual crime by a deranged person who, by the way, overstayed his visa from Canada. And that's the truth of the matter. And that's what the Republicans have been saying all along, that nobody is safe. Not even Nancy Pelosi. Nobody is safe. Yes. And that is a very potent message that the Republicans have been uh, making and the reason it's potent is because it's true. This is the case in politics. You know, the Democrats think they can just lie and fool the voters. But in fact, what works is the truth. And people can see with their own eyes, they, ha they can feel when they walk out on the streets that it's menacing, that there are people roaming around the streets who are dangerous and out of control, and that the police are not doing their jobs because they've been completely handcuffed. They want it to stop and they know that the reason it's happened is because the Democrats kind of weaponized the George Floyd riots um, and they turned a blind eye in their cities to the rioting uh, and the sort of Antifa uh, antics that went on that were so destructive in the summer before the 2020 election and the bail reform, um, the racial equity policies that they've enacted which are actually detrimental to racial minorities and uh, you know people are sick of it on both sides of the aisle I mean I think Democrats 
Democrat voters who aren't completely brainwashed to think of it. Certainly independents are flipping over towards um, the Republicans in a big way. So I hope that there is an enormous red wave, a red tsunami on, on Tuesday, because it really is a, a wake-up call for the Democrats. They need to get back in control of their party and have common sense policies. You know, I think it's good for all of us to have two healthy parties. It's not good for one party to be stronger than the other. But the Democrats need a good dose of cold water. They need a slap in the face. I think they're going to get it uh, at the midterms. Absolutely. From your lips to God's ears. Thank you so much, Miranda Devine of the New York Post. And I look forward to speaking with you again soon. Thank you so much, Lydia.